Hello and welcome to The Nature Pod, a weekly conversation and invitation to join me and my guests as we navigate pathways to nature, as prescribed in forest bathing and the practice of Shinrin-yoku. Let's awaken our senses to all that is around us as my fellow walkers in life, friends, experts in the field of health, wellness and ecotherapy share their stories of nature connection and their insights into personal development. I'm Suzanne Radford, forest therapy practitioner, communication coach and radio presenter, lover of the great outdoors, guiding people through nature to a place of calm, clarity and contentment. I have found some of the best conversations, ideas and inspiration happen when walking and spending time in nature. So let's connect and see where it takes us. My guest today is Eduardo Vasconcelos Fernandes, Vice President of the Association of Physical Education Teachers of the Algarve. I'm sitting here in the Serra de Monchique and Eduardo is over the other side of the Algarve in Faro. Welcome to the Nature Pod, Eduardo. Thank you very much. My friend Danny Berger, whose family have had a long time connection with the Algarve, said, you're talking about nature. You need to speak to my friend Duda. Is that your, your nickname, Duda? Your... Yeah. <laughs> From so school, a... Brazilian nickname because... Uh... My father being Brazilian put the Duda and then my stepfather being English. I got uh, all this mixture of culture in me. So Duda is a kind of a Brazilian name that uh, people, friends from school know me more. (laughs) Well, it's a real pleasure to have you join me on the Nature Pod today. So just describe where you are. uh, At the moment, I'm at my house uh, in Faro. I live in the center of Faro which is very handy for my life with my family, you know, two kids, wife, and uh, I live very close to, to the nature, uh, the natural reserve of uh, Rio Formosa, which allows me to just leave uh, easily and uh, either uh, walk. It's very close to the theater uh, of Faro and the Forum for anyone who knows it. And so I can, 400 meters, I'm, I can be in a canoe getting into the, to the natural reserve full of birds and natural life, going to the beaches on my own. So it's, uh, I really like because it's a mixture of uh, having everything close, uh, but having nature very close as well. Is there anything uh, at the moment that you have noticed that you're particularly liking in nature? And just this morning I woke up uh, around five o'clock. It's when I try to get up to be able to enjoy uh, the the turning of the night into the day. And I just uh, was able to to see the Orion uh, uh, constellation together with Venus uh, just this morning before the the sun comes. And that is, you know, immense uh, power for me to to be able to see that change. I get a lot of energy from that moment uh, with nature. We've had the full moon in the last few days, uh, the sturgeon moon, and I took a group, a small group of people, forest bathing. And like you, we got up at five o'clock in the morning to go to Foya, the highest point in the Algarve, to watch the sunrise. And it was phenomenal. I mean, so beautiful. And we were standing between full moon and the sunrise. It's a really special thing to do. It's very special these nights uh, and here in the Algarve we have the possibility of doing it <clears throat> almost every month because we have clear sky, you know, 365 days of the, the year. We normally say you always get a sun. So I normally go to the beach and I do, uh, I sleep on the dunes sometimes, just my own, and enjoying exactly the moon moving through, through the sky with all the reflection on the water that is returning, to, returning south here in the Algarve. 
and then uh, the moon set uh, west and when we're getting uh, the sun getting it on on the east and it's a great i have great pictures of that uh, unbelievable see the feeling i mean it's a beautiful thing to see but that whole experience this pull because i i feel like i want to do it again and again it's once you sort of stand in that that space and experience it feels like for the mind and the body and the soul it's just extraordinary yeah it really clears everything and because also the nature you can feel nature because all the birds are starting to wake up nature starts to wake up at that particular time much more than the sunset the sunset is very beautiful as well but you have a kind of a saturation of nature because everything has been worn out during the day but in the morning you know it's that hour that everything is just flourishing you know and the sounds and the first sounds and all of this and the smells you know it's just so so clear and and at the same time intense uh, because you kind of feel so unique you're doing it uh, you know with this with the with the sun coming up as well so do it all year round uh, do it uh, for instance summer is great but winter is beautiful as well because you're able to have the stars much sharper because of the the cold so you're able to get and i love the winter arch uh, uh, that we get in uh, december you know november and you get beautiful stars around so and you're able to do it much later because in the summer I have to sometimes to get up at four o'clock in the morning to see those things. And, and in the summer you can do it around eight, seven. It's okay. But it's, it's also the, the knowledge of doing it all over the year that you're able to understand all the movement of the earth and to understand, uh, you know, how, how this all happens. And, it, and the cycle of the year makes all the sense. Um, like the ancient, you would just look to the sky and be able to understand uh, when they were, where they were. And this is a, ne a need that I always have. I need to know where I am, uh, have a kind of an orientated, to, I need a kind of a compass on my head com uh, constantly. And uh, the stars and the sun give, and the moon give me that. It's very interesting. It's beautiful. Thank you for that. So you're originally from Lisbon, is that right? Yeah, uh, as I was born in Lisbon uh, a bit after revolution, 74, uh, I'm 45 now. Um, and I think all this love for nature came a bit when I, I, I lived uh, in, in, on a flat, on a 15-story building. And my mother was not very comfortable about the safety of us going down and playing outside. It was a complicated uh, time after the, the revolution. We called it the, the hot summer of 75 where there were hundreds of small bomb attacks in Portugal. People think Portugal is a very, and it is very safe today, but at the time there was uh, a lot of bombs being put and uh, the, the, the extreme between right and left wing. So uh, even the bank where my mother worked in, uh, in the center of Lisbon had a, an explosion at the, its entrance in the early 80s. So it was a bit, uh, we were kind of confined in a safety. And that made uh, me the need of, of getting out. I always have a need to get up, out, get up. <laughs> always try to be on the outside. It's interesting, but uh, it's, uh, I like to be in nature. So my mother married, and uh, talking about how I got from Lisbon to, to the Algarve, she got married second time to an Englishman. So we came to live in the Algarve at the end of the 80s. And I found an amazing nature in a, a small area of this territory. And I could, at that time, I was 15, I could be walking on the beach in the morning 
canoeing by lunchtime in the beautiful Ria Formosa Natural Park and going into different desert islands there because there is so many little islands. When you land on the airport of Faro, you see a lot of things out down there. And that's where I am. I'm always finding little places uh, on that um, labyrinth of, uh, of nature, which is beautiful. And in the afternoon, you can just pick your gear, rock climb, and go to the mountains in Calderal, just above Lole, and in, in the north of the Algarve. And you can do this all at the same time. So it's, uh, it's really, really something. All this uh, nature call came as of because then I moved to Denmark uh, uh, when I was just finished secondary school. And uh, the forests, the lakes, and also the, gave me a lot. And the people there uh, gave me an, another environmental conscience uh, that they didn't still have here in Portugal because we had everything so, <laughs> so keen yet yeah, still. And uh, so people were very important there as well for my internal personal growth. And I came back to Portugal and I chose uh, nature again into my university studies in nat uh, nature sports in uh, university in Vila Real Trasmonte, which is on the northwest of Portugal, the north. It's like 800 kilometers from here. And it's a great place for the outdoor living because it's really low density people, the population, uh, very close to beautiful areas as well, lakes, rivers, very wild. And so I was there for five years. And all this made me more into all of this intensity of, of nature. During that time, I was um, always experiencing uh, more uh, what we call challenges. <laughs> and I, I, I used to climb uh, during that time at university, high peaks in the Pyrenees, the Picos de Europa, which are very close to Villa Real, like 100 kilometers, the north of Spain, on the Cantabric Mountains, have beautiful walls there, I don't know if you know it. The Mont Blanc in the Alps, um, and I climbed that, uh, like uh, Balmat and Pacard, the first alpinists who did it over 200 years ago. I, I was able to climb it still as a university student, and that changed a lot because I was able to see that sky in, mm. at uh, 4,000 meters, and that makes a, a very big difference. And then I started doing things like cycling. Uh, I'd, I'd done three times the longest road of Portugal, coming from Chaves to Faro. I, I don't know if you've been hearing of National 2, they call it. Yes. Which is almost 800 kilometers. I've just uh, finished this week uh, uh, with my son, 14 years old. We finished uh, doing it again. But uh, those uh, at that time, I've done it uh, you know, three, four times with people that wanted to, to know it as well. And it's been a great experience to see Portugal from north to south. Portugal is a small country, 900 kilometers, 800 kilometers actually. And you can have such a variety from mountains to deserts to lakes to sea. And uh, the people and the variety of food and all of this makes it very, very, very interesting to, to be able to do this in seven days, eight days. We can easily do it. Um, and that has been an experience. And then later on, I got uh, the, poss the possibility to, to cross um, on the, <clears throat> the old caravels of the Portuguese 500 years ago. Uh, they have a, a replica of this caravel here in the Algarve. And I was invited for a, um, a competition of sailing competition, very old boat, you know, 600 years old, and they used to rock, you know, unbelievably on the sea. And I had the experience to go from here to Lagos to Funchal. 
it's like 800 kilometers and we got, we got some hard uh, <coughs> conditions, which made me understand as well the, uh, what the Portuguese were able to do the, during those times that they just had to leave the country because they had no more food, basically, and uh, couldn't invade uh, Spain or invade Morocco. So we just decided to go and, and to understand by passing the, the difficulties in certain ways that they passed uh, of those <laughs> small conditions of, uh, of sailing in a very unstable boat. Being able to be in, on that sea with that sky again made me even more understand that uh, you know we're so 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 small um, in in this world and the respect and the grateful towards mother nature that i feel and uh, and live every day made me you know be what i am today you have connected with nature on many different levels from the physical active to the mental challenge and then the the absolute peace of it, giving into it. And it's interesting you mentioned the Caraval because I, I did a story for Tomorrow Magazine about the Caraval in Lagos. I haven't been out at sea, but I've been on it. And the yeah. gentleman that was showing me round, he was explaining how they, what they, well, what we would call a compass, but it was so, obviously in these days, terms very basic, but how they, yeah. they really did navigate to the the sun and the stars and the moon yeah. as well how yeah. they found their way with a lot of knowledge from uh, the past from the arabs that uh, lived in the algarve as well that's why the the catholic kings came to the algarve to be able to get the knowledge of sailing and uh, orientating to be able to discover new worlds africa to brazil to india it was all done with that knowledge and it's interesting that if you saw the compass did you see the size of the, the pole that was the navigating? Yes. Uh, that, did you see the size of that? Uh, uh, it was it's, not done with a wheel or anything. It was no. just a, a rod, a huge rod, that we were just with ropes, one on one side and the other on one, the other side, and we would just pull the rope during that uh, trip uh, to be able to take the caravan for those uh, four days, for 800 kilometers. We're going very slow, shaking all over the place. I had my stomach problems very, very <laughs> intense the first days, but then I was able to, to cope with it. You have a notion when you are there in the caravel to understand what, uh, what it meant. Uh, two, two days without eating because no one wanted to eat. You feel every, every little wave, you feel a lot on those, on those caravels because they're very small and uh, they sh they're very high, the gravity, the center of gravity, which makes them shake <laughs> almost like 90 degrees. So listening there to your story of connecting with nature and how you've grown with that, and tell me a little bit about the project Escola Activa. Okay. It's about, it was about preventing childhood obesity in the Algarve, and this is something I used to talk a lot about when I was on the radio in, the, in Dubai in the UAE. It's a huge issue there, and of course globally. And I found it interesting, I'd love to hear your insight, because for my uh, perception when I'm living here in Portugal uh, is how connected the Portuguese people are to the land, to food. So tell me why there was a need you feel for this this project. About 15 years ago, uh, I was uh, I, I was in school and I was uh, I was working a lot with kids and uh, with uh, overweight kids. We started understanding there was this problem basically because. Uh, the lack of movement. If we think about it, uh, we've been a country that has passed from a, a life uh, of dictatorship of 50 years from 1924 till 1974, around, uh, in round numbers. There was very 
um, very little to a lot of the population, right? There was the rich and the, and the very poor. And that made a change in 74. So everybody started having more and more. And the old people who didn't, who had fast difficulties, started spoiling their kids, like it happens in, in Brazil, in India, all the, you know, happening now with so much overweight kids that goes on those countries because people pass needs. And so what we started seeing, it was the, the kids, the, the second generation after the revolution, started uh, eating worse because, uh, you know, fast food was coming in fast in, in big in this country. And uh, the, all the, the mobiles, all the, the screens that you get today, the kids totally addicted to. So you're having the two problems, you know, too much ingestion, uh, too much calories and not enough exercise. So we understood we were having almost 30% of the kids overweight uh, uh, with over, overweight in Portugal uh, from six to 10 years old. So I was invited to coordinate a project in the Algarve with the health uh, ministry, the sports ministry and the education ministry to be able to reach the schools with something that would make the teachers and the families and the kids understand the, the importance of having a healthy life through uh, healthy food and exercise. Uh, we call it uh, the healthy uh, styles of life. So I started with that project in, in the, the Regional Bureau of Education, going to all the schools of the 16 councils we have here in the Algarve, uh, passing a lot of this information, what was the, the data from the studies about obesity uh, and the ways of, of being able to contra contradict this, this situation. So we were doing uh, teaching the teachers, like uh, lecturing to teachers, so teachers would be able to teach kids and families. And we grew big and, uh, you know, started with uh, one school per council, uh, and second year, there were already many other schools. In three years, we had like uh, 27,000 kids in the whole of the Algarve who were doing the program. We found a lot of materials to do with the sports. We had a whole um, way of nutrition with the, with the health department. We had the councils doing big parties at the end of the year for each kid, uh, for all the kids of, the, of their councils. So it became a very interesting project with big dynamism which made it uh, very, you know, very interesting. And we were able to reduce the numbers in the Algarve compared with the rest of Portugal. The studies showed it, national studies, surveillance, everything, and evaluating. And, um, and it was a great experience. But then came the crisis, of, uh, uh, the financial crisis, and uh, we just, uh, we were small. Algarve is small compared with the rest of the Portugal. We were even, even able to get to Brussels for two years showing this project. There was a lot of support from the EU as well, but uh, it was the Algarve, it was not Portugal. Mm. So uh, we got, uh, let's say, shut down because of lack of conditions to continue. Uh, during that time, I tried to create a, well, the most autonomy for the schools. And we still have schools at this moment in the Algarve working with this um, knowledge about what we have to do to make kids to be more healthy, more happy. For instance, in my school, in Almasil, I even have, we evaluate all the kids from six until 15 on their weight, on their, on their height, on their aerobic level, resistance, strength. We do all this uh, uh, tests. And then the ones who have the need, we offer them possibilities of having more, more physically activities during the, during the, the year. 
and also some accompanying with nutritions from the health centers. I'm living in Monchique, which is up in the mountains. It's obviously very rural, as is most of Portugal. Beautiful towns, beautiful cities, but it's a very rural place and the roots of Portugal are in the land and the sea and you see that reflected in in the food and and as I said before I really notice how that's still very present in in many ways which is wonderful you know coming from the UK it's 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 getting lost in um, children families you know not necessarily sitting together at the table and eating seasonal food or fresh food or it's and it's creating these health issues it's also leading to to mental health issues as well my experience in Monchique is what I hear is that the younger people have moved away they want to go it's too hard it's a hard life working the land and they want to live in the cities and and okay you can understand why more opportunities they want the technology they want to live that that life some are coming back I met a young gentleman the other day he's running a restaurant in Monchique and he's only in his late 20s and his family are here and he's come back and he's really happy to be back in Monchique. He finds it a very special place. Do you, do you think that's a fair description of what's happening? I think it's happening all over the world. But Exactly. Monchique is a good example of what's, what happens. The, the, the more interior is uh, leaving to the, to the sea. So you have two thirds of Portugal population lives by the sea and they look for everything that is, you know, all the conditions uh, that uh, the the being in the big towns allows them to have, which make the interior have much more difficulties in in uh, in surviving, because then doctors don't want to go and work in the interior of con- of the country, then then teachers don't want to go there, and so all of this makes it's a problem for Portugal, and uh, and I've been seeing this this happening, uh, for instance, in the place uh, in Santa Clara, which is mm. a dam just. Uh, uh, on the southwest of the of the Alentejo, it's just north of the Algarve, and uh, I normally go there once a month. Uh, my parents have a house there, and uh, it's interesting to see how the population left from from there, and the youngsters do not want to stay there. And even a lot of foreigners who came in the eighties, like Germans and Dutch and English, and they try to live there. Uh, isolated because it's very isolated it's uh, the less dense to populated uh, council of europe because we have huge areas the councils are very big and there's a house and then 20 kilometers another house so what happened uh, the kids of those germans and english and, and some portuguese when they grow up they just want to go party 15 16 years old what you expect them to be looking at the stars no they want to go to the discos in albufeira and places like that so before you know it, they go to university and they want to, you know, find work. Work is where? By the, the big towns. And this is a pity. So what you start to see of the interior is people who already are older and had their, you know, life and their finance okay. And they want to be outside. And it's a bit like, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's what's, what happens. Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, sometime in my future life. <laughs> Uh, when I have my kids and everything organized, to move a bit to more to the interior, to enjoy and to help out as well, uh, to bring knowledge and, and you know, stamina into these uh, areas that are a bit full of elderly people who, of course, they, they're a bit tired. They are tired for their time as well, and mm. they need fresh, uh, fresh blood. So that's 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 what it happens in Portugal, in my view. Well, and then you have someone like me, and I'm not alone, who came here for the nature, the, the, to be somewhere be in beauty, to live 
in greenery to have a slower pace of life. I grew up in the countryside in rural England. I lived in London. I lived in Dubai. I have a city life. I really enjoyed it. But somewhere around my, in my 30s, I felt something was missing. And I, it was that connection to nature. And once I found really tuned in back into that, I felt better actually about everything. So I wonder how many of the young people that have grown up, it's always with them somewhere, but maybe we get disconnected along the way. It is very easy to, to get disconnected, especially with all this uh, internet and television and YouTubers, uh, because they're totally connecting into something different. And I try to, for instance, with my children, to give them the most broad uh, perspective of, of, of of lives into different places and uh, of course that we, we have we have been privileged uh, through our family and uh, we've been able to travel uh, through four continents due to our family having multicultural origins my children have grandparents each one of them with a different nationality and we've been able to take them into those different you know from brazil to india to finland to to portugal to England, my sister, my sister, she lives in Holland for 16 years as well. So they've been able to see, you know, a bit of everything like I have been able. And uh, all of these different countries and different cultures, uh, we have been able to see in all of them the love for of each other, you know, people, uh, the family, and also the love for nature. It's very interesting to see the grandparent, great grandparents, or the uncles in India, you know, and they have uh, also cultures that uh, have the knowledge of the nature, as as in Brazil, as, as in Finland, you know, uh, the lakes and the Swami and all this. Are are it's great to be able to see that all. All of us have a connection to nature. I think it's more technology that is taking us this uh, natural life, giving us a virtual life where the youngsters, they, they don't have that, uh, that need that, that we had because we had this possibility. So this place, for instance, in, uh, in the Alentejo, I, I told you, the lake, Mm. Uh, I even got married there. I, <laughs> I decided to get married with 120 people in a place there is no electricity. Everybody was camping. Everybody was having a good time. I got the, the minister of, to get the, the, the wedding going. Uh, the, um, and uh, I've stopped even having electricity there for my kids. Okay, They have electricity in Faro when we go there once a month they have to play outside they have to be uh, doing things like cabins they have to you know have to with friends doing it not forced but they have the 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 the, the needs themselves to to enjoy themselves and when they are in those conditions then they like it and they enjoy it in school where i teach in school um, I go from Faro to Almasil. I cross the natural park. It's beautiful. I see, you know, uh, I pass through salt pans full of flamingos and other birds in the morning. Cross dense forests until I get to the school. It's like 13 kilometers from, from my house to my school. And there I have kids from 25 different nationalities. It's multicultural, as you can imagine, from English to to Africans, to uh, Philippines, everybody, Chinese, everybody. It's a big uh, melting pot, which is very good in my way of seeing the world, because I think we're all part of this world. And I try to bring to them nature. So I even have a, a club, it's called the Multi-Activities of Nature, where I put the kids canoeing, rock climbing, uh, walking, cycling, and we go into nature and we try and do camps outside. And, and they really, when they are there, 
they don't miss the mobile. They, you know, I just say no mobiles. You can phone the mother when you're at the end of the day or father, but they start enjoying other ways of being. And that is, uh, I think, what we have to be doing at this moment. Because if not, we're going to have a lot of health problems. And I've worked with the health department in this country, and this is a, a priority for them, having people to be more active, more healthy, uh, so that they they are able not to have the problems that we had now, you know, with this mm -hmm. COVID situation. We had a lot of people who couldn't go to, to the hospitals and they had needs because the health is not as good as it was in the past. And when you see the environment crisis that we live today and we feel blessed to live in this paradise, that for me is the Algarve and I chose to live here, and teach our sons and students to respect and protect nature because we are part of her part of nature because we depend on nature and and it's our future so it's that message that i try and pass on my kids on my students with an example with my example and if you don't you know if you don't do it you can't ask other people to do it so that's my attitude you shared so much already today um i wonder if there is for you eduardo a sort of standout moment or experience in your life in nature that's made an impact on you specifically on you personally and and why you know i'm very important being on top of a mountain crossing an ocean um cycling through a country you know uh, but i think what really is important for me is to to be always conscious of nature nature and that helps a lot by waking up early for me is very important and being with people that enjoy it as well try and share that feeling and that makes it special because for you to be on top of a mo of, on a mountain just on your own makes no sense you know you're just going to be a lonely guy but if for you to be able to do this and take other people to enjoy what you've done and and show it you know and that's been always my my attitude is i go and try something different and then i'll take them for them to enjoy and that moment is when I really get the joy, is when I'm able to take other people to enjoy that place, that they would never find it. Sometimes it's just around the corner. Uh, like, uh, like for me, you know, I know places close to Faro that almost no one will know it. Uh, but it's there. You just have to put your mind into it, look into the maps, start looking, start to doing this, and before you know it, you'll go into amazing places. And you try and share it with the people that you love and they start and changing also their attitude into nature respecting more i do a lot of uh, canoeing for instance in uh, as i told you in the in front of here in front of far and all the time i'm cleaning i'm picking plastic bags i take a huge plastic bags my kids go with me now we, we pick up the garbage because there is a lot of plastic being left and it just goes with the wind goes into the desert islands and this attitude you pass into your students and this is what's you know creating the possible better world that i believe that we all have responsibility in doing and if there was one word to sum up nature for you what would it be <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many things but nature for me is uh, living life to the fully to to the we have a saying in portugal uh, to live intensely and uh, Viver em pleno, Portuguese. It's living life to the fully. Nature for me is, you know, being living to the fully, uh, to the completeness of what we are. We are nature. We're going back to nature one day. So it's, um, it's that, is to be able to understand that.
Eduardo, thank you very much for your time today. The fact that you are helping young people educate in your education programmes and the work that you do here in the Algarve, it's really wonderful. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much for this opportunity as well. It's, um, it's, I follow your, your programme and there's a lot of interesting people uh, talking and I've learned a lot as well from it. So it's, uh, thank you very much, Susan, as well for sharing this with other people because uh, it's like this, creating communities that we are going to be able to, to move forward. Uh, thank you. You've been listening to The Nature Pod with Suzanne Radford. Thank you to Eduardo Vasconcelos Fernandes, Vice President of the Association of Physical Education Teachers of the Algarve. For more on my walks and workshops in nature and to subscribe to the newsletter, go to thenaturepod.com or follow me on social media at Forest Bathing Algarve. And if you'd like to share your nature connection stories here on The Nature Pod, then get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I leave you now with an invitation to sit in the early morning, listen to the sounds and watch the changing light as the sun rises and breathe. Notice how it feels.